when you become detached from your dis-ease, you are able to heal. Uh, I am so proud of seeing so many people who have had this particular dis-ease and they are talking about healing it because for the longest time I felt like I was by myself and healing this specific disease and it's so great to see more people talking about it and if you have no clue what I'm talking about in today's episode called endometriosis emporium we are going to be talking about how to heal from endometriosis my own personal story which i've went over a few times of endometriosis what the symptoms are uh, debunking some of the myths surrounding endometriosis why i'm doing this episode in the first place as well as how to give yourself the gift of healing during this holy day season but before I continue, here's the intro. It's Avi, bitch. Welcome to the Avi Unfiltered Podcast with your fabulous, blunt, I'll never give a fuck host, Avishai L, national best-selling author of The Power of Why book, holistic health coach, certified raw food educator, and spiritual healer, teaching women, professional and entrepreneurial, how to get rid of stress through nutrition and lifestyle in 90 days, utilizing my six-step eat stress away method. Now, if you heard holistic health and you think you're going to hear about blueberries and eat those and shit well you'll hear about that too but let's face it sesquiterpenes and vetiver essential oil and cedarwood or the anti-helicobacter and sulforaphane compounds and broccoli are not the only things that are going to help you deal with your shitty ass boss at work your stressful life and or underlying traumas so we are going to tackle it all you will be immersed in the mental physical emotional and spiritual aspects of life discover how to deal with personal interdependent and interpersonal relationships of all kinds let's make crazy look sane every fucking tuesday yay and throw them smoothies and green juices back one time Make sure you are subscribed to the Avian Filtered Podcast and you leave a wonderful, fabulous five-star review. Thank you for everyone tuning in every Tuesday. Uh, much love to all of you who do the sincere, kind souls because that's what you will get back. You will always reap what you sow, so sow good seeds, uh, especially during Capricorn season is coming up, and I am so happy. Um... I'm so happy Capricorn season. Uh, in Libra season, that's when everyone is being judged based off of their deeds and how they treat other people. And Capricorn season is coming to really finally separate the wheat from the tares because I'm, si I'm just sick of toxicity. I like to vibrate high. I like being around higher vibrational people. Yeah, we all come with a little bit of toxicity, but some people are just toxic as fuck and some people are not toxic and that's who I choose to be around and so if you made it in my life <laughs> I'm just kidding no but seriously if you're still here <laughs> you're, you're you're good to go because uh, some people don't make it I, I'm just kidding but um anyways not gonna harp on that 
Um, I just want to applaud my wonderful clients from all over and you guys just make me kind of blush and tear up at the same time when you guys find me from all over. People find me from New Zealand, Ireland, Africa, Ghana, India. They love me everywhere and I don't even know how they find me. So <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, thank you so much. Um, someone, um, reached out to me and I will uh, be sharing more details on that, but you guys will be able to um, hear more from me, I'll just say. You guys know I keep everything on the, on the, um, the hush. Um, it's completed, but I still keep it on the hush because that's just how I, how I am. Um, just a wise cookie. So speaking of cookies, I haven't had a cookie in a while. Has anyone had a cookie? <laughs> Let me know. My greedy ass. I haven't had too, too much of an appetite, but I still, I still eat. But, you know, I will have a guest that will be on um, the podcast sharing um, the myths about food, actually. So that will be coming up very, very soon. I will try to get them on as soon as possible because that's mind-blowing to me so without further ado let's dive into endometriosis so i took a break off of um my avi unfiltered tiktok and because i have two tiktoks i have you know my avishai l7 page first of all you guys are really obsessed on there and not in a, some are not obsessed in a good way People have made so many fake pages of me, it's ridiculous. The only two pages on TikTok is A-V as in Victor, I-S-H-A-I-E-L, number seven. That's my first one. The other one is Avi Unfiltered, like the podcast. People have created so many fake pages, and they haven't been taken down, so TikTok, if you're listening in, take them the fuck down then some bitch who i called out because you guys know i always call people out especially if i see it and it's blatant i will call you out and drag you so i called her out and i told her to take the shit down because she has abishai l7 like she's me we look nothing alike she has four pages i said take this shit down copycat single white female vibes like it's really like you guys Go give yourself the gift of mental health, okay? Seriously, like it's bad. Some people do like, it's bad. I have never in my life even looked at someone and said, you know what, I wanna be that person. That's fucking weird, man. That is so weird. I remember I was doing a video cause my family knows me. And I was saying how in high school, I didn't want to look like anybody. I told you guys several times I would go to New York and get um, my clothes from there when I was in high school because I didn't want to look. And they started laughing because they were like, yeah, that's true. I don't understand. And society condones it. They don't ever call people out and say, you're trying to be like somebody else. I wish more people would do that. I wish more people would be exposed. Because if, if y'all don't expose it, I'm going to expose I'm going to just start exposing shit randomly. Like, oh, it's Tuesday. Time to expose this person. Because y'all don't want to say nothing. We just going to expose everybody. That's how I get down. 
y'all don't want to say nothing y'all want me to piece the stories together well let's do it then tag expose tag expose report jail let's go because i'm tired you know you get you know mm -mm. <laughs> y'all will not gonna like how i play uh-uh i don't play that leave people leave people alone admire them and and keep it moving better keep it moving on everything better keep it moving for real i don't play everybody knows i do not play I don't play when it comes to copycat and nothing. I don't play when it comes to um, to none of that. Don't be trying, uh-uh. Don't be invading nothing that I'm doing. Because I won't care what happens to you. If they say, if I'll do what I need to do. Okay, if God say, Avishai, you could be karma, you not going to like how I'm going to be karma. You won't like it. And I've done it before. So. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I don't like that. So, anyway, back to, back to what I was. For real, I don't like that. That's weird. That's disturbing. Like, you're disturbed. You're mentally disturbed. For real. It's one thing to, it's one thing to have a mental, de, um, having a mental declination day. It's another thing that you're mentally disturbed where you're evil. You guys know the difference. We not we're not in preschool where everything has to be uh, explained, and, and even in preschool, they they know. They'll be like, "Yeah, we know." And I've taught preschool, I've taught every single grade, so and they love me, and I miss them. Oh my god! If I could teach school all day, you would never see me. Like if there was a, a school for twenty four hours, <gasps> I would never leave. I love children; they're my hearts. I don't care if they. I've worked with troubled teens that have turned into absolute angels. I have worked with angels who have remained angels. They are just so, I don't care how old they are. From pre-K to 17 years old, they're little kids to me. They're children. I just love them. Oh, my God. Squeeze hugs to all of you if you're listening in. Mwah. I love you. Even if you knew me from years ago, I still love you. Okay. <laughs> I love them. Oh, my God. They're gifts to the world. They're joys. Okay. Anyway. So anyway, I took a break off my Avi Unfiltered page, which is A-V-I Unfiltered, like the, <laughs> like the podcast, okay? So one of my videos went viral. What I think when it goes viral, it gets, what, 140-something thousand views or some shit. Anyway, like... I want to say total five of my videos went viral. Three, three to five of them did. So this one went viral. I was like, oh, I wasn't even online. And so I'm getting all these comments. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I can't address all of these right now. So I'm going to be addressing them individually. But I did want to create an episode addressing that so that I can also give them and anyone listening in an episode Okay, so <laughs> let's begin. Endometriosis. So first of all, we need to stop treating this. Even though it is a disease, we need to stop treating it like it is the root cause. Because endometriosis is not the root cause. Now say that again. 
Endometriosis is not a root cause. It is a symptom. Endometriosis is not a root cause. It is a symptom. Okay? I'm also hearing something about gallbladder disease. It can affect your gallbladder. It can attach to everything. But someone tuning in, something could be wrong with your gallbladder is just what I'm getting because you guys know I'm a spiritual medium. I do spiritual readings on my Abishai L7 page, and I do um, nutrition talks on my Avian Filtered. And thank you, everyone, for finding me. I was like, oh, these people are following me. Um, and so I'm just glad to be helping as many people as I can. Um, I've been helping myself and taking time off and everything. So, um, But uh, whatever I can put out, I'm glad that it helps. And so people are asking all of these questions. And so endometriosis, I've had it. I was diagnosed back in 2005. Wow, that was a long time ago. And um, I was actually misdiagnosed, which is one of the questions that someone asked. And I shared my story before, but this will be even more in depth. And so I was diagnosed in 2005 and I was misdiagnosed at first. And this was the frustrating part because I was walking around with um, spirits also talking about walking pneumonia. So someone could have that, you know, it could have felt like walking pneumonia. I don't know. Spirit just told me to mention walking pneumonia. So take what resonates, guys. Some of you need cloven on guard, okay? Some of you need to work with me and stop being cheap. <laughs> I also want to thank people who do work with me who do not care about my prices because they're like, she's priced how she is supposed to be and they they will be going up, okay? So get it while you can. Because um, with my expertise, they should be what they should be and they should be going up. But anyway. So they diagnosed me. I was walking around nauseous, bloating, vomiting. Uh, my I looked like six months pregnant. As a teen, I was about 15 years old. My stomach was hard as a rock. I'd be talking to people. I get this shooting pain on my rectum, and then all of a sudden, I would stop talking in the middle of a sentence. Um, that's how bad it was. Like horrible pain. Just it was just horrendous. Wanted to die. Literally, that's how bad the pain is. Um, I needed a doctor's note. Wasn't able to take the stairs. I had to take the elevator. I was wearing slippers. It was just bad, really bad. And so when I get there to the doctor's office. Um, the lady does an ultrasound. She's like, we don't see anything. This is how stupid some of these tests are. This is why I tell people when they go get their tests. Um, they're like, well, the doctor said I'm fine. I'm like, what do they give you? They're like, well, they did an ultrasound, an MRI, a CAT scan. They did blood tests. Do you know how many doctors? Some doctors don't know how to read blood tests properly. I read blood tests better than doctors, which is why doctors trust me. Okay which is why I was on hospital papers. They don't care. When I come, if someone's like, she's, she's going to be taking care of me, they put me right on the hospital papers as a nurse because I'm just more knowledgeable, with more so than some of the people there. It's ridiculous. Anyways, so this was before. I don't do inpatient or outpatient hospital visits anymore. I used to. Um, I stopped in 2018. So, so yeah, what was I saying? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. 
Um, so people get these tests and they don't read, they don't know how to, it's like a starter pack. Like here's a starter pack, here's what we do. Here's how we're gonna do it. And it's, it's, it's not right. You cannot deal with every single person who has different biochemistry, who is an individual the same way. You don't learn that in medical school. Like, so a lot of times when you go see a doctor, they're not, they don't do functional medicine. They're not seeing, oh, does this, what's their lymphatic system look like? They're not um, familiar with iridology. They're not looking in your eyes and saying, oh, to the left of the iris, I see something's wrong with your liver. No, they're ignoring all of that. They do basic bitchy tests, some of these doctors. Some tests help, some tests don't. And so they deal with everybody the same. And if it's not on their test, you have nothing wrong. So when I went, they gave me an ultrasound. I'm like, I don't see anything wrong. And I'm like, clearly something's wrong because I look six months pregnant at 15 and I wasn't sexually active because endometriosis is very painful. Um, so no one was entering in. <laughs> no one was entering in. And Stefan said, I love Stefan's character. Um, anyway, so no one was entering in at the corner of, okay. I easily get sidetracked because I know how to do pretty much every character. If you name it, I know how to do it. So I've been doing that since a child. So that's a little fun fact for you. I've been in, like I said, I've been in theater. You guys know. Everyone who knows me knows I've been in theater forever. Um, so they gave me, did they do another test? I'm trying to think. So they ended up just saying, you know what? She has irritable bowel syndrome. We're going to give her Prevacid. No, they gave me Prilosec and were supposed to give me Prevacid or something. Either way, they gave me the wrong diagnosis and the wrong medication. And as a matter of fact, the first doctor gave me Metamucil. <laughs> and as I say that, all I can think of is Damon Wayans doing like what they would call Ebonics, but it was like what you would call the Grand Rising King's kind of speech, the high value man speech that they do now. So on In Living Color, so he would say, they were in prison and he was talking, he was like the, the clitoris of the metamucil of the... <laughs> and so every time I say that, I think of that, just like with sugar cookie, I think of Chappelle. <laughs> Little things that make me laugh. Okay, so they gave me metamucil. <laughs> it burnt the fuck out of my stomach. I was on fire. I said, I'm not taking Metamucil. So it didn't help. I told my doctor, and that's when they had sent me to another hospital and transferred me to another doctor who was a specialist in endometriosis. Prior to me getting to the specialist, I was misdiagnosed. So I went on about my life. They were like, nothing's wrong. And I was like, okay. So I go get my license. And this was before I knew about being a natural person and be being Aboriginal Indigenous because we don't get licenses for all you idiots telling people to get license. If you're not 
a damn truck driver. You don't work for, you know, truck driving like a FedEx or UPS. You do not need a motherfucking license. So if you thought you were wise in saying that, you sound like a fucking idiot. K K. Um, so yeah. So I went to get my license. Um, I got my permit and then I got my license at 16. They finally diagnosed me, I think, yeah, when I was 16 and they said, you know what, um, you're, you have a cyst the size of a plum, we're going to have to do surgery. And I was like, oh, so now I have this, this disease called endometriosis and now you have to do surgery. So it went from, you have irritable bowel syndrome, let's give you Metamucil that burns the fuck out of you to misdiagnosing me and giving me heartburn medication to, oh, by the way, the bitch did the ultrasound wrong. And we did see something. This was almost a year later, 15 going on 16. So they're like, you have endometriosis. So I was scheduled to have surgery. I wanna say four to five months later. I don't remember. It was, um, it was in April, April 18th. That's when I had my surgery. And so I had the surgery and they did two incisions. Um, nope, they did three incisions. They did two at the bottom and they did one in my belly button and, um, it was a doctor. This was the first time I actually saw, I used to speak to angels all the time. I spoke to angels since I was a baby. And I didn't know they were angels until I got older. I was like, yeah, that was an angel. If you read my book, you know. So I was admitted to the hospital. They put me in on the floor where they had cancer patients. And I'm like, well, do I have cancer? How ironic that I did years later. Um, wonder if it was because they opened me up, but anyway, so major, major stomach surgery. I'm on the floor with this cancer patient. They treated that lady horrible. Her family like treated her horribly. She looked as if she was dying. I was like, they had no sympathy, but that's beside the point. And so I didn't want to be in there because I was empathic, you know, already empathic. Although I was kind of, a, I was a wild child, but I still had the Holy Spirit on the inside of me guiding me and I could it was just I didn't like the vibration I didn't like being in that room um it was already a, like a experience that I didn't want to experience and I remember being in so much pain and I tried calling the nurses the nurses wouldn't come and so all I could do was sit there and cry and I saw an angel came and caressed my cheek and I went to sleep and that was the first time I saw them in like physical, physical form from what I saw. Um, and I'm not going to say what I saw specifically. I think that's in my books. You can go read it. So I made it out. And so um, the doctor that was working with me, I'm not really going to go into too much detail what she said. Um, that was too bad. Because that's also in my book. People were asking if I was infertile and if I would have trouble having children, all this stuff. When I first was diagnosed, she did say that I would have trouble having children. And that's what fueled um, 
that's what actually fueled me having a substance addiction because I was like, well, I don't have anything to live for. Being a cancer son and hearing that you're not able to have children. At the time, I didn't know astrology, but I always loved babies. I helped raise, you know, some of my nieces and nephews. And so even at that age, around, you know, 17. And so 17, I had my second endometriosis surgery, which I will talk about in a minute. And so hearing that, I was, I just smoked whatever. I did whatever because I was like, well, I don't have to be healthy to bring in a child. I can't have them. You know, that's what I heard. Even though she didn't say I couldn't, she said I would need help. Like, I don't know, IVF or some sort of supplementation or what the fuck ever. To me, I heard you can't have any children. Because what, what other things that they were saying was just really devastating. I was just like, you know what? So I kind of shut down. Um, it just really did a toll. It did a number on me, you know, caused depression. Still had to go to school, but I was smoking everything. Smoking and drinking at 16, like I was grown. Had, a, had an addiction, you know, but I wasn't out there. I wasn't promiscuous. I wasn't like that. Was I out in the street? Yeah, but I wasn't like bad out in the street. Bad. I wasn't permit. I was never promiscuous. I just had a drug habit um, at the time, um, an addiction, which that made it worse. Um, hearing that, and so I didn't really feel like I had anything to live for, and life was just not good at that moment. And so, yes, I was told that I would have trouble having children, and so. <laughs> Um, they had to send me to another endometriosis specialist because the first surgery was, I guess, supposed to get rid of it, right? This is why I'm saying endometriosis is not the root cause. No one was addressing my nutrition. No one had addressed trauma. No one addressed anything. They were just like, well, we're going to cut her open. And so second surgery, I legit almost died. Um... So second surgery was at 17, so this was in the summer. And you guys heard this story before, but I'm saying it again because, like I said, the video went viral. People want to hear my story and whatever, and um, I'm happy to help. So, Because this was not talked. When I had it, I was like, I felt like I knew my, um, my mom had it and her sister had it. Um, and her other sister had it. So it ran in the family, but I was like, oh, we're like the only people who have it. And, <laughs> and then as years go by and you're on social media and your other people are like, knock, knock, does anyone else have it? And I'm like, I had it too. Because <laughs> it wasn't talked about. Like I thought I was the only um, woman who was walking around with a period for two weeks and a big ass pad because you're just bleeding everywhere. It was bad. So... I go to this specialist and he did the surgery, but the lady who um, was prepping me, dumb fucking idiot, till this day, I hope she is not allowed back in any fucking hospital. She stuck the needle in my cartilage and I smelled, I said she smells like she is under, she's on something. The bitch was on something. She's still a bitch because you almost killed me. Um, and see, like I said, when you're chosen and you go to these hospitals, there's always a low vibrational ass bitch or motherfucker in there. 
that's used by a low vibration to take you out. So you got to be very, very careful. You know, exhaust all holistic possibilities before you take your ass to the, to the um, hospital. I heard club. So spirits, she was at the club. That's what happened. She might have been, she might have gone to the club and got hung over some shit and came to work. Because spirits said club. Anyway, so she stuck, yep, that's what happened. She stuck the needle in my cartilage. And so when they were putting me under anesthesia, I could hear everybody like frantically screaming, which I've told before, but this is for people who are new to my podcast. And all I hear is, because you're going out. And I'm like, oh my God, they're screaming and I can't do anything because I'm under anesthesia. Apparently, my arm was the size of, um, I would say, two of my bodies put together. So if you see me online and you see me standing up, imagine my arm the size of two of me. That's pretty big for an arm, even though I'm petite. That's pretty big for an arm, okay? So they had to frantically get my arm to go down. Um, and all of that. Also, my appendix was completely destroyed, so they had to take it out. I had four incisions this time. Um, but according to the doctor, I was healed and um, was able to have children. So I thought he was lying, just trying to make me feel better because I was, I, when I tell you I had severe trust issues, Lord, I didn't trust anybody. I didn't trust anybody back then. So when he told me, I was like, well, can I see? And like, are you sure? He was like, you're free to have children and multiply. And I was like, oh, so my fallopian tube is, is fine. Nothing's busted anymore. He's like, nope, you're fine. And then after he said that, there was a prophet who came to church and kept, you know, encouraging me, which is what I needed. Because I was like, how do y'all tell a teenager she can't have children I had a, I was like horrible with with the the substances at this point. I'm like I just don't want to feel anymore. Like you just took my freaking whatever. There's people who don't want to see me have children because they know that I want children, so they're evil. But if children are meant to come, they're meant to come any fucking way. And if you don't want someone to have children, you better be careful with your own children. Make sure nothing happens to them because you don't wish people evil like that. I know for a fact there's people who don't want me to have children because that's how evil and stupid people are. Because um, then I'd be really perfect and then it would really upset everybody. Then it really would cause so much jealousy for you jealous bitches. Um, <laughs> for real, like... Ugh, I'm just so sick of the low vibrations. I wish people would vibrate higher. It's time. Like, I don't even, I don't sit here and wish people bad. I wish people what you deserve. I will help the universe. <laughs> but I don't sit there and think, you know, I just want this to happen. I just want that to happen. It's not up to me. So if the universe didn't ask for your help, then shut the hell up. So anyway... So another prophet had came in. This is when I used to go out on Fridays. I think people used to text me during church. I used to go to church high, by the way. I did not care. I just had a problem. And um, all in high school, this was me in high school. That's why I'm like, I was an adult in high school. 
I did adult things in school. And so he would always come and talk to me. I'm like, ooh, there's other people in church you could talk to. He would always come to me. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> he told me not to be around be around certain people that were bad. And he would say that, you know, I was able to have children and, you know, really encouraged me with scriptures in the Bible. Like, like I tell you, a lot of people online really try to, I don't know, they really try to make prison, being a prison wife look amazing. And that's fine if that's your spouse, your soulmate, your person. But it's people who do it just so they can be down with the get down. It's like we were doing, I was doing that in high school. That was me in high school, holding people down. You know, always had free so-and-so. And like I said, they family used to keep in touch with me and everything. One of them are never getting out. And they don't need to. <laughs> they don't need to. They, they, don't, they don't need to. After what, and I was shocked when I heard that. I'm not going to go into detail because I don't rat people out, but I was shocked from what I heard because I used to cuss them out bad and they just had mad respect for me because that's how I was. I was a very upfront, blunt person. I didn't care who you were, everybody knew that about me. But they did something very horrible, and I was like, well, did they have a bad trip or something? Because. They weren't like that. So I was shocked. I was like, wow, that's bad. So they're never getting out. But, you know, people are trying to do that now to be down with the get down. I'm like, ooh, you're in your 30s. You're in your 40s. We did that in high school. Now, if that's, like I said, if that's your person and you're just legit in love, fine. But if you're trying to do it to have a certain image, it's that's it's weird. It's, it's weird. It's whack. In the words of Whitney, who I love and adore, it's whack, okay? It's whack as fuck. I did that in high school and that was legit not, not what you want. It's stressful, it's stressful. I don't miss nobody, you know, I'm glad people are doing better in their lives and except for the one um, who's never getting out. But, um, or if they have a long time, um, but anyway, just, that's not the wave, okay? So, <laughs> anyways, we, that's why when I be talking to pe people, look at you at the surface, it's like, I've lived life. I've been there, done that. I'm not doing that again because it's toxic. When I talk about stuff, it's, I don't want to go back there. I don't miss anybody. It's just, that's just life. That's just the way my life was, period. And it's, it's stressful. You don't want to, deal with that, you know, all the time. And so, you know, that's where my life was at the time when the, when the person was prophesying to me, cause I was really, I was really, what is it? I was really grown is what I'll say. Like I said, I wasn't promiscuous. I was not out there like that. I was very picky. It was very hard to get to me. So I'm proud of that, clap for that, because I've always been hard to get, period. Never been loose. School and work has always come first. My family came first. My nieces and nephews. My mom came first. That's what came first, period. 
it wasn't, I was never a pass around. You can't even say that you, oh yeah, I had, you can't say that about me. And I'm still proud of that till this day. I'm 33 years old. You can never say you did nothing because I have all the receipts and all the evidence and I'm just proud of it. And I will stand firm on that. And it's not to judge other people, it's to, I'm just proud of it. So don't ever think I'm out here. I've been celibate since high school. And that's another clap for me. Been celibate since high school. So I don't know why I'm saying all of this, but I've been celibate since high school. So, so if anybody has says they have gotten up in it, who? Who? Because I don't go to a gynecologist, but I can get one. And I still, I had one at the time. When was I? The last time I went to a gynecologist was 23. Oh, there's evidence. They, they know. So it's tight and right. <laughs> Ain't nobody been up in here. It's called discipline. I went on a spiritual journey for a good seven years, and then I got sick. And that's been, that's my life. <laughs> so it wasn't a possibility for anyone to get up in there. Um, I might give off a lot of sexual energy, but it's, I don't share myself that way because some of y'all, some people just, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, now I'm open to, I'm open to it, you know, but on a serious note, not on some, you know, I'm not like a, I'm just not a hoe. I never have been. So that's also why I don't have any children yet because I've been a hoe. I'm just kidding. Um, not saying you got to be a hoe to have children. I'm just saying I haven't. No one has parted the Red Sea. <laughs> it's been a long time. So, anyway, that was my second surgery, as well as my tangents. I'm going on a tangent and ranting a lot, okay? What you guys seem to like, it doesn't seem to bother you. But that is my rant and tangent. Um, so, anyways, the for those of you who have no clue what endometriosis is, it's when the endometrial lining... The reason why I'm going off on a tangent, too, is because I've discussed this before, so I've added other stuff in there. But it's when the endometrial lining um, of the uterus detaches itself and attaches itself outside of the uterus and can attach itself to other organs. Sometimes you get an endometrium cyst or endometrial cyst or what have you. Um, a chocolate cyst is what I had. And it looks like the galaxy, which is really weird. I'm like, but the galaxy is good, like protozoa said. <laughs> the galaxy is ours. Race, what is it? What is it called? Race me up, wake me up, shake me up, race me to the stars. So um, the galaxy is ours. It looks like a galaxy, but it's, it's, it's bad. It's, it's bad because it hurts. And when I said some of y'all, I'm, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a consensus, like the world, not people who, not everyone is, is bad. You know, I'm talking like as a, I'm not talking about pertaining to me sexually. I'm not looking at a bunch of people. Hell no. I'm looking at a bunch of people. Usually, I, I I don't look at a bunch of people. Spirit will kind of spirit knows, and I'll just leave it at that. I'm just saying, not 
everybody is bad and it has no relation to me. So I didn't mean to like diss anybody. <laughs> um, but not everybody should enter you. You know what I'm saying? Who, who would want everybody? My eyes are not on everybody. So period. Um, literally period in this show because when you have endometriosis, you always feel like you have a period. Um, and that was what it was for me. Um, so signs and symptoms of endometriosis are bloating, uh, vomiting, edema, uh, painful periods, irregular periods. Sometimes you can have your period, like I said, for two weeks, heavy bleeding, painful bleeding, uh, painful cramps, um, fatigue, chronic fatigue, moodiness, um, I want to, I want to say, can you have hair struggles? Some people can, um, it's just, it's a debilitating disease, very debilitating, very debilitating. I've had it for eight years from 15 to 23 and it wasn't until, it wasn't until I um, got a hold of Dr. Furman's book, Eat to Live, and read that book um, that I was finally able to reverse the disease. It took about a year and a half to completely reverse it. Um, I got proof. I always get the proof. I'm a Virgo rising. I'm a Cancer sun. And I'm Scorpio dominant. I always get the proof. And I'm a Libra. I have a lot, a heavy Libra in my chart, which turns into Aries when I'm pissed. And so... I always have the proof, <laughs> always. And so um, it was confirmed that I no longer had it. And she said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And so I was on 12 different medications prior to me healing in a rotation, um, not limited to the IUD. I was also on IUD, I was on Depo-Lupron, I was on Motrin, I was on ibuprofen, I was on hydrocodone, which I became addicted to. I was on low estrogen, estradiol, norethendrone, in a rotation. It was just, it was a lot of different medications. Percocet, per, I don't, Percocet, Lord, never. Mm -mm. Those dreams are like nightmares. Okay, no. So um, there was there was a lot of different medications. Um, like I said, it was up to, it was 12 different ones. Uh, Yaz, they tried so many different hormone things on me. Um, I went off the IUD cold tofurkey and I started seeing a naturopath who put me on. Um, I just love that about myself, that I took holistic protocols. And I thank my mom for finding Dr. Furman and who propelled me on this path because if she didn't I'd be dead because you guys know after I found out I had endometriosis then came cancer and I was like well damn I can't catch a break <laughs> so she put me on these tinctures that lessened the bleeding and I had to rest and it was perfect because this is when I was in between jobs and I was switching jobs and um so I was on various things that helped get rid of it um, I'm not going to specifically say everything I did to get rid of it because I work with people to do that and everybody is very different, but I switched over to a vegan diet. 
I did essential oil protocols. I did herbs and tinctures. Um, what else did I do? That's, bas that's basically what I did to, to get rid of it. And um, I had support. I had a naturopath. I had Dr. Furman's book. I had the confidence of Dr. Furman. And then I had, um, you know, I had myself giving me the stuff that I needed. And um, that's what got rid of it. I was shocked. I was like, they told me I was going to have to have a third surgery if this didn't go away. They're also going to test me for endometrium, endometrial cancer, which I will probably did have at the time, honestly. They say cancer lives in your body for like eight years before you actually are diagnosed with like stage four. And I was like, that would make sense. Because was that, 2013? And I was finally diagnosed with saying that I did have cancer. What, 2021 was when they discovered I had cancer all along. I was in recovery 2021 up until now. Or 2022, not exactly today, but um, it's been a long journey. So like I said, <laughs> I mean, I've been uh, celibate for about that time and I, I still can't believe it. I'm just like, that's a long ass time. <laughs> that's a long ass time. That's, that goes to show you, you know, we're spiritual beings. We have the capabilities of, you know, being disciplined in a certain area if we want to be, you know. I'm not asexual. I have a high high sex drive. I just don't give it. That's why I have so many programs. It goes into creativity. Um, and I don't care who does not believe me because I know it's true. I don't care what rumors have been spread. I'm not clearing shit up. I'm just I'm just talking. This is my life. Um, what else did I want to say about endometriosis? A lot of people don't talk about... I've, I've been seeing it lately, which I'm proud to see, but... A lot of people don't talk about how um, when you have endometriosis, it stems from trauma. And, um, you know, endometriosis attacks the reproductive system. It can attach to other organs like it did me. I had one of the worst cases. I had stage four. Um, doesn't mean that you have pain, but I also had pain and I had stage four endometriosis. And people don't talk about how it stems from emotional wounds and trauma. And when it affects your reproductive system, you know, the abuse that I endured, um, which I'm healed from now, I don't care about that. Um, I'm a warrior, I have it tattooed where no one can see it because my bra is always on, on Instagram, not at home. At home, I walk around nude. <laughs> um, but anyways, it says warrior um, tattooed on me. And... What happened to me did affect my reproductive. Um, um, so it made it, that's not why I'm celibate, okay? Y'all putting the pieces together, that's why she's, no one's afraid of sex. That's not why I'm celibate, okay? That, that's not why. Um, I healed that as well. Um, but anyway, um, your reproduct when stuff like that happens, that's your body saying you don't feel safe. You don't feel that's also your root chakra that's affected. So your root chakra is imbalanced. That's also saying again, I'm I don't feel grounded. 
I don't feel I don't feel safe. Um, I feel like I was invaded, you know, and what happens uh, when you feel scarred emotionally, scars show up physically with endometriosis. It's a bunch of scar tissues. It um, it reminds you of sarcoidosis because I had a relative that had it. And when she would always talk about endometriosis, when it came to me, she would always reference scar tissues because it reminded her of, you know, how she had scar tissues. And so when you are scarred emotionally, you're scarred physically. And that's exactly what happened. And that's just how powerful we are. You can manifest sickness into your life, not on purpose, but because that's the pathway that you're going down. And so you have to repair that neural pathway by saying, I'm gonna change my nutrition to avoid this. I'm gonna get to the root of my emotions to also heal this so I can make my reproductive system a safe place. I'm gonna work on my sacral chakra. I'm gonna work on my solar plexus chakra. I'm gonna work on my root chakra. And I'm also gonna work on my heart chakra because I could be harboring stuff emotionally too that's causing a blockage. And so it's all about getting in those areas to see what those blockages are to remove them. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. <laughs> um, and like I say, scriptures are not about religion. It's a scripture, you know? You guys already know how I feel about that. Um, some religions can separate people, you know, um, instead of integrate based off of beliefs versus affirmations. And so we as a society need to start affirming instead of believing because there is lie and belief. Now, some of us make the mistake of saying belief when we mean affirm, you know, and that's normal. Sometimes you say words, just like I say, oh, I'll see you next week. And weak means that you're weak, you know, and so it, it happens. It's a slip, you know, and I'm saying none of us are perfect. But if we could start affirming instead of believing, that would be uh, raising the vibration on this, this planet. Um, what else do I want to say? Let's see. And so that, yeah, working on that, healing that emotionally, um, getting to the root as to, you know, what could make you feel safe. Because when the body doesn't feel safe, it protects itself. So when you hit your foot, your foot, when you hit it hard, it's going to swell, it's going to bruise. And you're like, oh my God, it looks so bad. The body's protecting itself though. And so you have to ask yourself, what are you protecting me from right now? If I didn't have endometriosis, what, you know, you know what I'm saying? What is, why is this, is this a barrier keeping me from, I don't know, feeling balanced? Am I afraid to feel vulnerable? And sometimes that's what I think endometriosis is, a fear of, is it a fear of being, being vulnerable? And so see, at that point in my life when I reversed it, I was like, I don't need this anymore. I don't want this disease anymore because it was a crutch for a long time. Because when you've gone through severe traumas and you've gone through rejection, 
illness becomes your bestie. And then you get on medication from it and it's like, oh, and I got an addiction. You know, it becomes your best friend. It becomes, you know, your emotional crutch for your emotional wounds. And so when you're ready to release it, then you're also ready to heal other things. And healing isn't linear. It isn't always, well, let's get to the root of the emotions to get rid of the physical. Sometimes it's, well, let me get rid of the physical, then the emotions. That's how it was for me. I, I kind of, I got rid of the physical and then was like, oh, but you got liver damage. It was like, girl, you got to deal with what you're not dealing with. And see, I went to church and I'm not saying the church was wrong, but the way in which they would deal with stuff was let it go and forgive. That sounds foreign when you don't know how to forgive and let go. And so I was like, okay, I want to, but how? And so it showed up in my body. So I had to go on a journey where I actually had to do self-discovery. And, and that's why I have my um, book. And that's why I have my book, I made it out, my memoir, and also my book, Forgiveness and Fudge, because I finally got to the root of, oh, this is how you forgive. And so that's what caused me, propelled me on my path to getting rid of stuff emotionally, okay? And so... So that was the other thing. And so I want people to, for people who are like, endometriosis doesn't go away, I want you to realize that it's your best friend right now because you're not wanting to face your emotional wounds. Um, because if you face your emotional wounds, then you're vulnerable or you're free. And sometimes freedom is scary when you've been uh, battling trauma for a very long time. And I get it. I've been through the ringer, like Bob on Martin. I've been through the ringer <laughs> forever when it came to trauma. And so I know I know how it can be. You want to hold on to certain things. Um, and then when you let it go, it's like you don't feel in control. You don't know what's going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. It's a whole bunch of things. It's very intricate and very intricate how the mind works when it has dealt with severe trauma. Um, so it, it's very interesting. But give yourself the gift of chocolate. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Make sure it's sugar-free. Or the gift of health is what I was going to say. Um, and through giving yourself the gift of health, book a holistic health read with me. Um, everyone loves that. I give you a breakdown for every single thing. It's like you having a consultation with me. I go over your health history and everything. I am certified to do that. I've been in the medical fields forever. You're in good hands, like all state, although I don't get involved in all of that, all states, whatever. I'm not even going to deep dive into that. And so um, give yourself the gift of health. Uh, book a holistic health read. Book, um, sign up for my Eat Stress Away program, my new, which um, helps you get rid of various stress in your life. Learn how to manage daily stress because life happens. Um, 
you know, get video trainings that I have. It's a 16-week program. You have lifetime access. So when you invest, you have it. You get access to every single thing I've ever created, webinars that people don't get to see, workouts that people don't get to see, along with um, uh, videos that goes go with the workouts that people are doing on video. And so everything's included in that. You get workbooks. Uh, my other program, my nutrition coaching program, which helps you reverse illness, helps you take back control of your life, helps you, you know, get rid of ailments, um, lose weight, you know, get fit. What else? My spiritual readings. If you're just like, I just want to know what's going on with my body. I can do a scan, which is better than the ITOVI. Remember ITOVI was all the rage in 2016. I'm better than ITOVI. Um, so it's just amazing what the body can do when you let it heal, let yourself heal guys. It's time. Okay. It's okay to heal. Healing may be uncomfortable, but it's, it's what you need. It's what's going to bring peace into your life. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to cry. It's okay to not feel in control because what's actually happening is by you healing, you're taking control of your life. Um, and if you need my help, I offer one-to-one -one sessions uh, as well. If you need healing, I'm told that I'm better than therapy, so better than therapists. And this has come from various clients. So if you'd like to sign up with me, uh, definitely feel free to check out my site. Feel free to drop me an email um to sign up for programs and i hope this episode was helpful i'm trying to make sure that i covered everything oh some people were saying um you're not supposed to spot you're supposed to have a full-blown period according to dr robert morse and dr Furman, you are either not supposed to have one or you're supposed to spot and as long as you're ovulating you should be fine um, because that was their answer to my specific questions. Uh, what you have to realize is that with a period, you're eliminating toxins. And so if you have a lot of toxic waste, you will um, bleed more so than another person. If you have less toxic waste, you're more likely to spot, okay? And so spotting is the norm and you're not required to have a, a period. In ancient times, we didn't have those. So people, I'm like, people will fight you on it. I'm like, listen, if you want to bleed to death, go right ahead. Um, people don't realize in the Biblios Helios, it said the woman with the issue of blood why would they call it an issue if it was what you're supposed to have drops the mic <laughs> so have an unfiltered day and i will see you all next week Mwah.